Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. It can be tempting to ask questions like, Why is God allowing such chaos? Or, Where is God? Doesn't He care? Pastor J.D. reminds us that everything is playing right into the hands of the Lord. He's in complete control, and nothing is taking him by surprise. Perhaps he's making things unbearable so that we can begin to let go. Well, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on November 15, 2020. John's Gospel, Chapter 18 verse 36. Listen to this. Jesus speaking. My kingdom is not of this world. He's speaking to Pilate, by the way. And then he says this, please listen, please, please, please. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight, fight, fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. That's why they don't fight, fight, fight. Apparently your kingdom is here. Here's another aforementioned what-if question. The what-if question relates to how we as Christians will both respond and react. What if it does end up being Trump? How will you react? Or what if it is Biden? How will you react? Or what if it's still undecided for a prolonged period of time? How will you react? Dare I say that the answer to these what-ifs serves as a spiritual barometer when it comes to fighting to keep one's life great. Can I say the same thing in a different way? Because that's what the fight is for, right? Keep America great. Keep life great. Well, didn't Jesus say something about that too? Yes, He did. Luke's Gospel, chapter 17, verses 32 and 33. Jesus is speaking, and He says, Remember Lot's wife. Oh, 
what are we to remember about Lot's wife? Verse 33. Whoever tries to keep their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life will keep it. If you'll kindly allow me to, I would like to take heed to this warning from Jesus about remembering what happened to Lot's wife. And in order to do that, we'll need to go back to the book of Genesis, the 19th chapter. You know the story, just a real quick backstory. Abraham has pleaded with God to spare the city for the sake of the righteous because his nephew Lot is there. And when there were no righteous other than Lot, God declared that he was going to destroy Sodom. But before he destroys Sodom, he's going to take Lot and his family out of Sodom. A picture, by the way, of the pre-tribulation rapture. No judgment could come until Lot was taken out. And so too is this true for the church, which Lot pictures. The judgment will not come. The tribulation will not start until the church is taken out. So the angels of the Lord go to Sodom to get Lot and his family out. Verse 12, And the men said to Lot, Have you anyone else here, son-in-law, your sons, your daughters, and whoever, whoever you have in this city? Take them out of this place, for we will destroy this place, because the outcry against them has grown great, before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, who had married his daughters, and said, Get up, get out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But, this is interesting, to his sons-in-law he seemed to be joking. Oh, come on. That's not going to happen. When the morning dawned, verse 15, the angels urged Lot. The first time we see some hesitancy here, a delaying on the part of Lot. There's no hurry on his part, which is why he has to be urged by the angels to hurry saying, Arise, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. And verse 16, while he lingered, even after that, he's still hesitating. Why? He doesn't want to leave. Particularly his wife. They love their life. They want to keep their life. And while he lingered, the men took hold of his hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters. The Lord being merciful to him. And 
they brought him out and set him outside the city. So it came to pass, when they had brought them outside, that he said, escape for your life. Oh, come on, that's escapism. (laughs) Fight, fight, fight. No, escape. Do not look behind you, nor stay anywhere in the plain. And here it is again. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. Oh, what escapism mentality. Come on, where's the fight? They say this again, beginning in verse 22. Hurry, (laughs) escape there for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. No fire, no brimstone will come down until you're taken out. Therefore the name of the city was called Zoar. The sun had risen up upon the earth when Lot entered Zoar. Then, verse 24, the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. You know that it was so utterly and totally destroyed that to this day archaeologists cannot pinpoint with a, an accuracy where this place even was. Some suggest there might be merit to it. I'm just mentioning this parenthetically, that it was in the area known today as the Dead Sea because of the high salt content, possibly. So he overthrew those cities, all the plain, all the inhabitants of the cities, and what grew on the ground. And that would surely explain it. But, verse 26, his wife looked back behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. Why did she look back? Because that's where her heart was. She never wanted to leave. She wanted to stay there. She wanted to keep her life there. That's what Jesus is saying. Remember Lot's wife. You want to keep your life, you're going to lose it. You lose your life, you're going to keep it. Here's where I'm going with this. Many today are like Lot's wife in the sense that they love their lives and want to keep their lives in this Sodom. I have to confess that I'm really quite taken back by all of the time and energy Christians are investing in keeping President Trump in office. Here's another what-if question, and hear me out on this. What if Christians invested that much time and energy to bring Jesus to people and people to Jesus. What if? Hmm. 
On Thursday, I received one of the most heartbreaking emails I've ever received. I'm unable to respond to emails just by sheer virtue of the volume, but sense that this was from and of the Lord, so I personally replied, this online member granted me permission to share it with you. She writes, Pastor, I found you on YouTube. You grabbed my attention immediately. You came across as a very accepting sort. My nephew was born again, and then his wife, my niece. I questioned. They answered with zest. Then we got Trump. They are big fans, as so many Christians are. However, I see him as evil. And even if I try, he is just a hypocrite to me. I've seen other pastors or evangelicals speak, and they all see something I guess I'm just too blind to see. I have accepted Jesus as my Lord, my Savior, my conscience. Then there is Trump. I would hope my feelings of this man would not keep me from God. I wish him no ill will, no harm, maybe even wish him God's forgiveness. This one question has tormented me to near insanity. I have searched for at least a hint of heaven being there for me without following Trump blindly. All I see is Trump is our hope. I find no hope in his heart or his eyes, all of which have caused me many sleepless nights. I wait to hear you on Sundays and feel comfort in your words. I have cried, laughed, and felt a peace I can't describe. You are not a Trump braggart. So here goes. Can I get to Jesus without being a Trumper? Or am I missing some big secret that will keep me from heaven? I know this sounds silly, but it truly is the hardest answer I have ever searched for. It actually hurts my heart. Thank you for the word to bring me back to Jesus. This was my response. Aloha. First, let me say that your email was very moving and very timely, as I am planning to address this on Sunday, November 15th, for the update. Actually, the update will and should answer your heartfelt question of, can I get to Jesus without being a trumper, or am I missing some big secret that will keep me from heaven? Simply put, you are absolutely not missing some big secret concerning Trump, and not only can you get to Jesus without being a trumper, I would argue that being a trumper may keep you from Jesus, in the sense that many Christians are putting their hope in and their eyes on Trump 
more than they are in and on Jesus. Now, for those who may dismiss this as absurd, I mean, come on. Being a Trumper can keep you from Jesus. May I humbly suggest that this is known as gaslighting, a term that originated from a stage play back in the 1930s. What is gaslighting? Gaslighting is a form of psychological manipulation in which a person or a group covertly sows seeds of doubt in a targeted individual or group, making them question their own memory, perception, or judgment, often evoking in them cognitive dissonance. A victim of gaslighting can be pushed so far that they question their own sanity. Of this, George Orwell, known for his dystopian novel 1984, wrote, and I quote, Power is in tearing human minds to pieces and putting them together again in new shapes of your own choosing. I would be disingenuous at best, dishonest at worst, were I not to confess that I too have questioned my own sanity in this regard. What am I missing? What am I not seeing? (laughs) Thankfully, I just get back to Jesus as quickly as I can. And when I do, two plus two equals four again, and not five. On Thursday, for our midweek Bible study, David selected that timeless song, Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name. Master, Savior, Jesus, like a fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms, kingdoms, will all pass away. But there's something about that name. This is not hyperbole. I just have to sing and speak and say the name of Jesus. (laughs) Or I'm going to lose my mind. This is my control. This is gaslighting. 
That's what's happening, you know. This brings me to the last what if. What if God is allowing all that is happening in the world to get us to let go of it? I think of that other hymn. <laughs> I just want to break forth and sing for the rest of the update, but <laughs> maybe I, I shouldn't. I won't do that to you. That's <laughs> you can have this world. Just give me Jesus. You can have it. I'm not going to try to keep it. I'm not going to fight, fight, fight. What if, like with Lot and his wife, God in His mercy toward us wants to take us out of this world before His judgment comes on this world? Oh no, J.D., listen, there's going to be a great awakening. There's going to be a great revival. There's going to be a great reset. No. There's going to be the great tribulation. That's what's coming. That's what my Bible says. And would to God that we wouldn't linger or hesitate as did Lot when the Lord takes us by the hand out of this Sodom in the rapture of the church. You know, I've been teaching and preaching about the rapture for well nigh 35 years. I'm not about to stop. This is why we do these updates. We do these updates because the time is at hand and the rapture is imminent. It's also why we end with the gospel of Jesus Christ and a childlike simple explanation of salvation by way of the ABCs of salvation. What is the gospel? The apostle Paul writing to the Corinthians in chapter 15 in his first epistle said the gospel is this, that Jesus came, he was crucified, he was buried, and he rose again on the third day. And the first time the apostle Paul mentions the gospel is to the Thessalonian church. And in first Thessalonians in the context of the rapture, he says this, the gospel is that Jesus came, he died, he was buried, he rose again on the third day, and He's coming back again one day when the trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ rise first. Then we who are alive and remain, and you'll forgive my use of this word, will escape, be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Jesus is returning. This fact is one we can get excited about despite any circumstances we find ourselves in. Jesus will return one day to rid this earth of every evil thing that's destroying it. He'll once and for all take down the enemy and establish his kingdom in our midst. 
How soon will this amazing event occur? The Bible tells us that no one knows the exact date, but it does give us clues about events that will take place as it nears. This is why Pastor J.D. has created these Mideast Bible Prophecy Updates. The Mideast Bible Prophecy Update is a focused look at current events through the lens of prophecy. The Bible has given us clear indicators of what's to come, and we can see many of these events happening all around the world today. Join us each week for an in-depth look at what the Bible has to say about current events on these Mideast Bible Prophecy Updates. The latest updates are available on the In Spirit and Truth YouTube channel, and you'll find a link to our page by visiting InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. You can also access these teachings through our mobile app for Apple and Android devices. Just search for In Spirit and Truth in your app store, or follow the links provided at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. With this app, you can take the Mideast Bible Prophecy Updates with you wherever you go, as well as give you access to many other teachings Pastor J.D. has shared from the pages of Scripture. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope you'll join us again right here on In Spirit and Truth.